Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Welcome to Teach Me Something New, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Britain Co. I'm your host, Britt Morin. This show is about inspirational thinkers, scientists, artists, and CEOs, and the things they've learned that have transformed their lives. I'm tasking these world-class experts to teach me something new in less than an hour. Listen to Teach Me Something New on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Crush Friday Interview Edition. I'm sitting here with the wonderful Annie Reese, uh, fellow colleague, fellow podcaster. How you doing, Annie? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm great. Yeah? Uh, you guys know Annie from the Slasher Roundtable episodes. Uh, you educated us on the final girl. Yes. Or at least me. Uh-huh. Everyone else probably, duh. Right. Did you continue? I, I thought about that later. Did you continue your uh, watching of slasher movies? A little bit. I watched Black Christmas Ooh. after we recorded. Yeah. Which I loved. Yeah, it's great. It's it's intense. Yeah, it was a good yeah. one. Yeah, um, yeah the, and I think I said this uh, on one of the other shows, the uh, the 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 heavy breather call or whatever. Yeah. It got really pretty extreme. It really did. It was upsetting. <laughs> it was. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, what are you doing? What are you wearing? And exactly. it was like, it got really ugly. It did. It makes you feel unsettled. Gross inside, I guess. Yeah. And especially for the time, I thought, man, I'm surprised it kind of went that far. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had that that too because I feel like our movies these days are more violent often. Mm-hmm. But seeing that, I had a moment of, wow. Yeah. And then also, and you made the Christmas story? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the same guy? Yeah, interesting uh, tensions around Christmas, I suppose. Yeah, hmm. that's a re- weird one-two punch. Right. Um, so, Annie, first of all, we might as well go ahead and plug some stuff that you're in. Yeah. Right off the bat. Uh, you are co-host of Saber. Yes. With uh, Lauren here in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people that don't know what Saber is all about, why don't you give them a little tour? A tour. Uh, well, we talk about all things food and drink, science, history, culture, mm-hmm. and sometimes we're fortunate enough to travel. Yeah. What are some of your cooler trips? Uh, we just did Hawaii. Wow. We're, yeah. We're in the middle of that mini series right now. Should you talk about spam? We have talked about spam, but, you know, the interesting thing about Hawaii is their cultural cuisine has such a footprint that a lot of the foods that you would think of when you think of Hawaii, we had already covered before we ever went to Hawaii. Oh, really? So we'd already done Spam and Pineapple, sure. Mai Tai. Yeah. Um, but there's plenty of things to talk about when it comes to Hawaii, like coffee, which was a huge episode. Oh, yeah. Kona coffee? Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so that was really fun. We've done Asheville and New Orleans. But nice. It's also really cool. New um, Orleans is great. Oh, yeah. Like one of the cities that uh, maybe more so than any other American city feels so uniquely itself. Yeah. It's not like anywhere else. Right. It has a distinct presence. Yeah. It feels very European and sort mm-hmm. of spooky. Yeah, it's yeah. A cool town. Yeah, any movie or show set in New Orleans automatically has this kind of yeah. vibe with it. You feel it walking around. Yeah, it, like it feels like a city of ghosts, and I don't even believe in ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm the same way. I take all these ghost tours. I'm like, I don't believe it, but I feel something. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I creeped out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The hair on the back of my neck says otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, where can they find Saber? Like what days of the week do you guys publish? We do um, Wednesday, Friday, and the occasional Odd Hair Saturday publish. You uh-huh. know, if we have content that we think we've got to get this out there. Um, and you can find us wherever you find your podcast. That's right. Yes. Uh, and how are things going over at uh, Stuff Mom Never Told You? Well, there's no shortage of things to talk about over there. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, and... For people who listen to this show, there are certainly a lot of topics we do, like we did the feminism of Alien. Yeah, I need to listen to that one. Oh, I could have gone on yeah, and on. I got to check that out. Oh, I, I had been waiting ever since I started on that show to talk about that. And uh-huh. finally, it was the 40th anniversary. Yeah, it's perfect. It was there, and uh, luckily everyone indulged me. And who who like all was it. on that? Did you have special guests, or was it just— uh... It was pretty much just me, like, and another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my co-host was, like, nodding patiently. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, that's cool that that show has uh, has gone through a lot of changes over the years uh, with, with hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, our old friend Kristen and uh, yeah. Caroline, of course, yeah. did such Greats. a great job. Uh-huh. But uh, I think y'all are doing wonderful work over there and, like, keeping the spirit alive. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's an important time for a show like this. Oh, my gosh. It, it really is. Um, there's all this talk about the Equal Rights Amendment right now. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm researching. And political scandal and how it's different for men and women. Is it? It <laughs> is. <laughs> you saying there's a double standard? I know. It's shocking, isn't it? It is shocking. <laughs> uh, and I also want to talk uh, really quickly before we get going on uh, – Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which I'm so excited to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about Annie in the City. Oh, Uh, yeah. We we talked to Paul, and I'm trying to remember, this may come out actually before the Lighthouse Roundtable we just did, but Annie in the City is a movie that you starred in and co-wrote with Paul here, who's been on the show a bunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Casey was a cinematographer. Yeah. Uh, There's, you know... Our offices are make appearance. Other coworkers make appearances. Yep. And I need to uh, watch the whole thing. But when I got the email the other day uh, that Paul said it was on Amazon Prime, I knew I had to leave soon. But I was like, I got to at least get a sense <laughs> of it. So I immediately hit play on my laptop and watched like 15 minutes before I had to go. And I loved what I saw. And I can't wait to see the rest of it. Yeah, they, um, as you know, those our coworkers do fantastic jobs. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I was like, I knew it was gonna be great, but uh-huh. just the the work they put in and the attention to detail was um, amazing. Yeah. So, so what's did. what's the movie about? Give your summation. Um, it's about somebody, and this was a really odd part of that movie was playing me, but not quite me. Sure. <laughs> um, so it's about a young woman in the city. In Atlanta, specifically, Atlanta is a very important part of the the story. It is. Um, yeah, um, just trying to find any sort of meaning or direction mm-hmm. or connections. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of feeling isolated, and part of that is how our world 
works now, but also part of it is her specifically Mm -hmm. and just trying to find any sort of direction, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, You know, she's got the mom character being like, you've got to put yourself out there. (laughs) (laughs) I am out there. Um, Yeah. It's the world we live in and and a lot of – that called um gentrification yes yeah look at that happening alongside her story right Mm -hmm. well it's uh a-n-n-e-y in the city you can get on amazon prime for free Mm -hmm. i think you can rent it for a couple of bucks yep and uh hats off to you guys it's just you know it's really easy to talk about doing projects yeah uh making a movie is certainly at the the big end of the project spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do. Yeah, very hard to see it through. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone, everyone did it. You know, you. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not easy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it was. Uh, and you know, we were doing it outside of um, uh, our day jobs, yeah. as it were. And just to see the planning that went into it and the dedication of everybody to make it happen. I know, and I I, I can't like I have to admit I kept waiting for. Uh, the update of, you know, man, we kind of quit doing right. it and we kind of scrapped it. But, like, everyone saw it through. Yeah. I've been on so many projects that have done that. Yeah. It's really easy to let happen. Right. You know, a mm-hmm. week or two goes by, you lose some enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. So I think credit to all of you for, for keeping that fire burning and, like, in finishing <laughs> and getting a movie distributed. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool to see it in theaters. We played it at a local theater. I was here. so mad I was out of town. I wanted to go see it at the <sighs> plaza. It was cool. That was a lot of fun, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of our coworkers were in the audience, so it was a good audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nerve-wracking too, though, right? Oh, I, was, I sat in the very back and like hunched at the bottom of my seat. Yeah. I used to occasionally, when I made short films back in the day, we'd have these screenings around Atlanta, and it, I, I would just be a wreck. Yeah. A nervous wreck. Yeah. Paul texted me and he said, you know, are you coming? And I said, yes. <laughs> I'm just going to be kind of absent in the back, but I'll be there. Yeah. That's a good feeling, though. It's fun. Yeah. It was really fun. Um, and a lot of our coworkers have cameos that were fantastic, including producer Ramsey. There he is. He just woke up. <laughs> Hi, Ramsey. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of The Last Podcast on the Left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly join us. That'd be crazy. But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please join us on Spotify. Visit Spotify.com slash last podcast to listen free. All right, so let's talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Boy, I'm glad you picked this because it uh, allowed me to watch it again. Like, it gave me a good reason to watch it again. Yeah. And I think I realized this is – it may be my favorite superhero movie of all time. Me too. Me too. It gets right up there 
And and the fact that it's uh, animated uh, is not a, like a disqualifier. Like I don't think you have to put it in its own thing and say, well, this is an animated one right. compared to like live action. Right. It's so good. It's excellent. Um, and uh, thanks again to producer Ramsey, who I was so I was struggling so much with this decision, and he just of what to pick. Yeah, and he sort of just said to the point, "You should do Spider Man and the Spider Verse because you saw it like five times in theaters." Oh, really? What, yeah. uh, what was what else was on the list? I know Alien was Alien. Um, I had a bunch of I have when I it comes to favorites, I have my favorite. You know, MCU movie or my favorite Star Wars right. movie, my favorite dramatic sure. movie, my favorite comedy movie. So I was, it's uh, trust me, I know it's a very yeah. unfair thing to say. What's your all time favorite movie? <laughs> That's part of the fun of my side of this. Yes, exactly. Getting to see people squirm, to struggle <laughs> so hard. <laughs> but I thought this was a great one because I walked into this movie. I'm a huge superhero fan. First yeah, of all, same. I I grew up reading comics, mm-hmm. um, but Spider Man was never my thing. Okay. Um, I did watch the cartoon, but that was more because my brother did. And in the past, what, decade or so, before the most recent MCU Spider-Man came out, we've had six Spider-Man movies, like, rebooted. Yeah. Two different, uh, three different dudes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't even have plans to see this movie. Did you see all those movies? I did. <laughs> and what, what are your thoughts on the three dudes? Rank them in order. Uh, Okay. Tom Holland. He's so great. He's great. He's really nailed it. He's great. The the scene in the in Homecoming where you just remember how young he is and yeah. he gets kind of choked up and he's uh-huh. trying to convince himself he's Spider-Man. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's number 1 and I guess Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, poor Andrew Garfield. Yeah. I Those just, movies weren't great. No. <laughs> they really weren't. Um And I was just thinking the other day about how the first Spider-Man with Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire, that mm-hmm. came out right after September 11th. Oh. And there was the Twin Towers and that wow. one shot with the, the web right. between it. And I, the song at the end, people were just crying. Yeah. Um, this was such a big cultural moment. Yeah. I mean, I love those Tobey Maguire movies. The third one wasn't great. I liked one. I loved two. I mm-hmm. thought two was the best. Yeah. Um, with Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. Yeah. But I have to say, this version of Doc Ock oh. is my favorite. Yes. Wow. Yes. And that's something I I kind of love, but I know some people don't like, is that we have this cultural understanding of these characters. Generally, people mm-hmm. know Doc Ock. Maybe that's all you know, but right. Spider-Man and Doc Ock. Uh-huh. So I love when um, creators can play with the trope or expectation because yeah. they know we're thinking of this one thing of this character we love. Uh-huh. But what if we saw it imagined in this other way? Yeah. And how could it look and still be respectful and be that character and be yeah. frightening and intimidating? Oh, she was such a badass. Oh. And very, like, scary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when she morphs and puts on the goggles and the hair goes up. Yeah. And the just the character itself with, with all the uh, the tentacles, mm-hmm. um, it allows you to do so much. Yeah. With, you know, using them as legs and arms and also weapons. It's just like... It's such a palette to work from. Yeah. And I, a lot of criticisms of previous Spider-Man movies have been, there's too many villains. Focus on one villain. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was a great, you've got Fisk, uh, who is dominating the screen, just this big black hole. Yeah. And then you have her. And I felt like they were both excellent villains. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, there's Green Goblin is yep. in this. Yeah. This weird, like, badass version. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Scorpion. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Prowler. Oh, yeah. Who is super scary. Yes. In this movie. 
Yeah, and um, one of the things I love about this movie is the soundtrack and score. Mm-hmm. And he has great score cues. Yeah, that I love when they're later adapted into Miles's theme. Uh-huh. And then it it just shows with music that yeah. this is his origin story. His uncle is a part of his origin story. Yeah, so Ugh. good. Uh, you have Kingpin. Yes. Of course. Yes. I think uh, Leah Schreiber is the voice. Yeah, and I think he said he stuffed tissues in his mouth oh, really? to make it sound like he'd had his nose broken several <laughs> times. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why yeah. not? I love the second he walked on screen and his shoulders just yeah. take up the whole thing. And it could look silly, uh-huh. but it just looks so great Yeah. visually. Well, let's talk a, a little bit. I mean, we're going to talk about the visuals throughout mm-hmm. because it's just – off the charts, yeah. How amazing this movie is visually, yeah, and the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by Bob Perchetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman, uh, from a screenplay uh, screenplay by the great Phil Lord and Rothman, uh, and from Lord's Story. And uh, I didn't know this because I, I was not a comic book kid. Well, I was. It's embarrassing, <laughs> and I've talked about this before. I read Archie and Richie Rich mainly. <laughs> <laughs> Those are great. <laughs> they were great. I, I just – I don't know why I never got into – no one ever exposed me to it, I guess. Superhero yeah. comics. Right. Because I'm sure I would have loved it. Mm-hmm. But long way of saying I really don't know much about this backstory. And so I read up about Miles, uh, the character of Miles, and uh, it was created uh, in 2011. You probably know all this stuff. Um, by Brian Michael Bendis and then an artist named uh, Sarah Pacelli, an Italian artist. Mm-hmm. And she was the first to illustrate Miles uh, Morales in The Ultimate Spider-Man. And, uh, you know, diversity and inclusivity is so important. Yeah. And um, we're seeing so much of that now, which is great. But it's you can't overstate how important that is to a kid. Yeah. And a, a kid, a person of color, to see mm-hmm. that representation on screen mm-hmm. and to get their own heroes. Yeah. Uh, we it's talk a big about that. deal. Absolutely. We talk about that all the time on Spinty, the power of seeing yourself. Yeah. And it's something that I hadn't even realized as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is embarrassing, but uh, I love being on a feminist show because everyone asks, what's your take on this? Go see this movie. Tell mm-hmm. me what your take is. Right. And everyone was telling me, you got to go see Wonder Woman. And uh, – I, you know, I cried and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, I'm not going to cry. And I got teared up in the first, like, two minutes. And Wonder Woman? Yeah, just because it was all these strong women that wasn't focused yeah. on their looks. And that's all it took. I get teared up at stuff like this as a yeah. white man because it's – I know what a big deal it is. Yeah. And I'm an empath. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think about a little, you know, uh, African-American boy or Puerto Rican because I think the character is yeah. is of mixed race. Yes, yeah. And just seeing a mixed race character is yeah. new and unique. And switch, they switch back and forth in Spanish and English. Yeah. Um, and I just I just picture these little kids watching this stuff and, like, I get choked up. Yeah. Because it's a big deal. Uh, it, people that don't think it matters are wrong. <laughs> absolutely wrong, yeah. And I love that sometimes it can feel really forced – Right now, unfortunately, uh-huh. um, but this didn't feel that at all. It was no. just so naturally done, yeah, um, beautiful. And Miles is such a great character. Yeah, he's just such a. Uh, it's interesting because I thought, as um, compared to like Peter Parker, Miles is way cooler, mm-hmm. but he's still like they didn't make him like a ladies' man or like yeah, he's cool, but he's still 
sort of an outcast in a way. Yeah. And he's still nervous. Yes. Which is an important trait, I think. uh, Yeah. I think one of the writers described it as the sweetest swagger you can imagine. Yeah. That is totally it. Yeah. A little bit of swagger, but just adorable. Yeah. (laughs) And his family is just great. Yes. That's one of the things I love about this movie is because comic books – notoriously no parents around or whatever, but he has a really good family unit. And family is a huge part of the story and Mm -hmm. of his story specifically. Yeah. So it was refreshing to see something different than we all know Peter Parker's origin story. I kind of love that that took a back seat. Yeah. And this was a different, totally different story. Yeah, I love how they played with the uh, the origin story thing. Yeah. Because, you know, there are always complaints like, do we need to see another Spider-Man origin story? Mm-hmm. So they just did like every character got their own with the, that little <laughs> yes. refrain of, well, let me tell you about it. My name is, <laughs> right. you know, Gwen Stacy. Let's do this one last time. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. It's just that they had such a sense of humor about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this won the best animated feature at the Oscars. And I'm sure you, it, like everyone else and me, when – that category came up, and you know, it's Pixar's The Behemoth. Yeah. And everyone's just like, please just give it to Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Clearly the best movie. Mm-hmm. And it felt like a, it sounds so corny, but it felt like a win for like all of us. It did. Because it was way. against Incredibles 2, which was also yeah. pretty good. Great movie. Yeah. Um, this is the first non Disney Pixar film uh, to win that award when against a Pixar film since uh, 2006. Wow. So, like, that's how much Pixar Disney dominates that category. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, And it, from the opening credits, because, again, I I went into this movie completely jaded and thinking, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Uh, It's just the way it starts and it zooms in through the the Sony logo Mm -hmm. and it's like you're entering another dimension. And even though it's just the opening credits, Something in my brain was already like, oh, yeah. this is going to be Well, unique. the Universal Pictures lady, they yeah. tweak that, and yeah. it does that that skitsy uh, yeah. thing. And, uh, yeah, as soon as I had the same reaction, because I didn't know much about this movie, and I wasn't primed to see it. Mm-hmm. But after the buzz came out, I was like, oh, well, I guess I do need to see this. Right. And they do. They set the tone so early. Yeah. They're like, this is something that you've never seen before. Yeah, and the art, which we've been talking about, um, it was built specifically for this movie. One of the refrains around uh, the animation of this movie was, if it's not broke, break it. Because they wanted it to look not like a cartoon and not CGI, but in between, like Uh a comic book has come to life. Oh, man, they nailed it. I would dare anyone listening to this, watch this movie, freeze frame it any second. Yep. And it is a work of art. It's funny. I had... a note in here that says pause at any point. Yes. And it looks it looks like something that you would frame for your wall. Yes. Like literally any just randomly mm-hmm. close your eyes mm-hmm. and you could frame that as art. Absolutely. I did it last night. I was watching it last night uh-huh. and I I paused it a couple of times. Yeah. And every time I thought I would I would hang that up. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Like one of the best looking films I've ever seen. And they um although I wasn't prepared when I was in the theater, you know, they have a lot of the uh a lot of the the, the dot work, mm-hmm. uh, what is it called here? Because uh, I don't know any of because I'm not a comic book person. I know none of these <laughs> terms. So a lot of people call it Bende dots. Yes. But what they were actually doing 
was Halftones with, like, CMYK, I think. Uh-huh. And they were doing this to create um, their version of Focus and Depth. So a lot of people saw that and mistook it for bad 3D. That's what I thought. Yeah, um, but— I thought I was in the wrong theater house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did I—is this—because it looks—yeah, it looked like 3D— with your not wearing the glasses. Yeah, so I even got up. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, because I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I hadn't read anything. Uh-huh. So I thought, oh, shit, I walked into the 3D version. Uh-huh. And uh, I went out and I checked, and it was not. And then I realized, because the other stuff was really sharp. Right. It's like, okay, this is a, a technique. Yeah, they're doing something. And I felt it's like a, a choice. dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of people reacted that way. Um, and it's also meant to mimic... When uh, screen printing or printing for comic books, how uh-huh. the overlay wouldn't match. Yes. So it's another way of being more like a comic book. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> they, it gets worse. The effect gets worse mm-hmm. the more stressed Miles is. So yeah. things come more into focus when he's not stressed. And then the background goes more out of focus when he is stressed. Interesting. Yeah. That has an overall effect on the viewer. Yes. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you even realize it. It's like a subconscious thing probably. Yeah, I didn't pick up on it until I think someone said it to me. But it's until really – your fourth viewing in the theater. Yes. <laughs> it's really apparent though once you pick up on it. Yeah. Um, and another thing they did is Miles is animated at 12 frames per second. Okay. As opposed to the general 24 frames per second. Oh. So that, it, that means that his motion lingers longer mm-hmm. and there's no motion blur in this movie. Right. So that's also another way they use to make it look more like comic art. But also um, there's the scene where uh, Miles and Peter B. Parker finally get on the same page where they're swinging on webs together. So great. Miles gets up to 24 frames per second along with Peter B. Parker. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is that the scene through the forest? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's such an exhilarating chase. Yes. Because that's when – when Ock is after them, mm-hmm. and uh, boy, it's tense. Yeah. Um, it's so thrilling. Oh, yes. That's, that's one of my favorite parts. This movie has a lot of great humor mm-hmm. and lines, and I love a lot of the lines in that, that section. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other term that I learned was Kirby Crackle. Yep. So explain to everyone what that is. So Jack Kirby was a comic book artist, and Kirby Crackle – was something that he did, um, very specific to him, that was meant to showcase energy. Um, so sometimes it's a it's kind of like a lightning bolt thing, but a lot of times it's these dots, yeah, like these blob dots. Mm-hmm. So if you've seen Into the Spider-Verse, you know at the end of the movie, or even the beginning, anything that's with that collider, mm-hmm. there are all these dots, and those are called Kirby dots. Yeah, and once you know what it is and uh, notice it, you, it's everywhere mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. To, like, great effect. Yes. Almost like bubbles. Yeah, kind of like little blobby yeah. bubble things. And especially in the, in the end, that final sequence is just like an explosion yeah. of uh, Kirby Crackle. Yeah, and, and something else that I love that they did is there's seven different types of animation styles that they built seven different cameras mm-hmm. to be able to project them all um, in really? one. Yeah, so as the other spider people go home, uh-huh. this penny jumps in, hers goes oh, away, God. and that color goes away. And I'm also crying at that scene. <laughs> yes, it's so moving. <laughs> devastating. <laughs> yes. But until it's just Miles and Kingpin, uh-huh. and then the only colors are red and black. 
Yeah. So it says all the other people go, their animation styles go with them. Yeah, it was just so it was just off the charts with the creativity mm-hmm. and the um the intent. Like it, it wasn't the, it's just clear there was so much thought put into every single like drawing of yeah. this movie. Yeah, and they those systems that they broke, um one of them they basically had puppets. These 3D puppets of characters that they could then draw on. And that's why if you look at the characters' faces, you can see line work that people drew onto that. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, because of that, they had to uh, recreate. There are certain systems in CGI you can just use for Uh clothing and light and shadow. They had to recreate all of that. Oh, just like prefab uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. And they used about three times as many animators as you generally would use. So I think it was 177. Wow. And just to animate one second took a week. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's intimidating. It is. It is. But it really shows uh, every frame in the movie I, is stimulating. It's just constantly yeah. stimulating and really beautiful. And And at the same time, I know some – criticism of it has been that it overshadows everything else but no. i never felt that way at all no i don't think so yeah it all just is like hand in glove yeah it fit with the music and this has you know a very modern uh modern take you know on the score and the popular music that they used mm-hmm. it just it, it breathed life into i mean tom holland has done great so it's not like yeah. spider-man is doa or anything right but it just breathes such life into this franchise mm-hmm. and i can't wait to see more of this stuff I know, yeah. I mean, the sequel, I think, is 2022. Mm -hmm. They have it slated for. Yeah. I mean, hopefully now that they've invented all this stuff, it won't be quite as difficult for them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just had no idea what I was in for. And this is a movie that exists in two levels. Is One, the the first time viewing. It's one of those that you wish you could go back and see it for the first time again. Yeah. Because it was just so revolutionary and mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. But it's also a movie that you can't wait to see over and over. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get that you saw it five times in the theater. Yeah. If I was young and single, I would have seen it five <laughs> times in the theater and had no child. Right. But I've seen it, like, three times now because mm-hmm. I saw it again at home. Uh, I tried to show it to my daughter, but it got a little too intense. I kind of forgot. Yeah. It's a little much for a four-year-old. Yeah. Um, it's scary. So that's on hold for a couple more years. Mm-hmm. But um, watch. I mean, I had so much fun watching it again the other night. You can, you can see this movie twenty times and still see new stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and when I was researching for this, uh, so many things I I ran into. I've seen this movie several, several, several times now. Uh-huh. I hadn't noticed. I hadn't picked up on. Yeah. Um, and it is the only movie I've ever bought as I walked out of a movie theater. I went online and pre-ordered it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I knew I had to have it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the um, I love it in the beginning um, when he's they're doing the voiceover, seeing – and it's only a couple of minutes, but seeing – the moments from the other Spider-Man movies, yeah. but seeing them animated yes. in the style was so cool. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I love the most about this is it feels really genuine. Like the creators loved the source material. Yeah. And they were there with us fans who saw Spider-Man 3 mm-hmm. and wondered why <laughs> this was happening. Yeah. Um, and so to see that right in the beginning, a yeah. recognition of, yeah, there's been some bad moments yeah. in this. 
<laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, to have fun with it, to recognize it, acknowledge that it happened, and it was kind of funny now looking back, you know? Yeah, it was it was great. Um, and the movie, like, again, is off the charts visually and with the sound, and uh, it could have survived on that merit alone, mm-hmm. but the story is so great. Right. Like, at the heart of this thing, strip all of that away, you have really a really, really great story with the, the, the classic hero's journey mm-hmm. and clear stakes and, like, real emotional stakes. Mm-hmm. Like, you're so invested in this kid. Yeah. And and all of the spider people that we eventually meet, which I can't wait to talk about. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's one thing. I, too, went into this movie. I'd seen the trailer, but that was about it. And I have familiarity with a lot of the Spider-Man, Spider-People, mm-hmm. but just passing. Same um, So I didn't know that uh, Chris Pine, the perfect Spider-Man, I didn't know he died. I didn't know he was going to die. I didn't either. So that moment was shocking to yeah. me. And he is so brutal uh-huh. and just over. And um, he is trying to pass on this, here's how to be a Spider-Man, here are the key things right yeah. before he dies to Miles. And that is so powerful. Yeah. And then Miles trying to live up to that the rest of the movie, this yeah. kind of perfect, idealized yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, Miles's journey, his hero's journey is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like the payoff in the end, when he finally comes into his own, because you know they dole it out in little bits. He, you know, he learns a little bit how to swing. Mm-hmm. He learns how to do this. He's he's uh, all the funny bits with he. You know, he can't unstick his hands. And yeah, he can't turn invisible on purpose. And yeah. he uses... can't do it on command. <laughs> That's such a funny moment. Yeah. That who, who's that guy? Uh, the the actor Jake Johnson. Yeah, he's. I, I, I never watched that show that he was on. New Girl. Yeah, but uh, he's really funny. He's hilarious. Yeah. I wasn't that familiar with him either, but I I loved him. And again, I didn't know Chris Pine died. Yeah. So I thought they were the same actor uh-huh. at first, and it took a, a while for me to realize, oh, no, that's a different person. It's. Just, I mean, you have to think your way through this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not like um, – it's not that complex to where you can't figure it out, but yeah. like you got to have your, your brain on. Yeah. Um, There's a lot going on. Yeah. One of the things – I noticed later when people were like, oh, well, this is why this movie is so great. If you pay attention, there are all these clues that Miles exists in a world that is not our world. So there's the sequel to Shaun of the Dead. You can see a poster for that, the unmade sequel. Or yeah. Nick Kroll and John Mulaney's play is called um, Hi, Hello instead of Oh, Hello. Yeah, I've got a, a bit. That's during the Times Square thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a bunch of funny little Easter eggs that I paused. Uh, the Seth Rogen movie. Yes. Um, what's it called? Where is it? Uh, Seth Rogen, Hold Your Horses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Riding high in the saddle is the tagline. <laughs> Love it. There's red man group instead yes. of blue man group. Mm-hmm. Uh, from dusk till Sean, I guess that's yeah. the one you were talking about. Mm-hmm. There's a bridesmaid sequel. Did you catch that? Oh yeah, and it's like about baby ba- showers. Baby shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the month is like Decemberary. Yeah, and then uh, clone college with Abe Lincoln and John Kennedy was <laughs> I didn't one of notice that one. was one of the movies. It's uh-huh. fun to pause on that part and just sort of – the other good pause-worthy part is when uh, when the dad is scrolling through his phone contacts list. Right. Because I, I don't know. I'm sure all of those people are someone. They're comic book people, yeah. Okay, Artists. I figured. Because yeah. I saw Jack Kirby. Yeah. Or maybe it was Ditko. 
Mm-hmm. Or I maybe think they're both. both in there. Yeah. 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 And I just had, I was like, I'm sure the rest of those people are comic book artists or whatever. Yeah. 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 Just that attention to detail is. It's fun. Fantastic. Um, and comic book nerds, I'm sure that's just like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> off the charts. Cool. Yeah, I I saw this movie for the first time with my parents, and th- another criticism I've seen is if you don't know anything about Spider Man, this movie isn't for you. But they loved it. They were actually more confused by Wreck It Ralph two, which is <laughs> all about internet culture. Oh, okay. So afterwards, yeah, I didn't see that one. I mean, it's fun, but they didn't get right like the viral video or um, memes there are a lot of or like jokes the, like that. Yeah, just internet websites. Gotcha. But <laughs> um, yeah, backrub is what Google is called in Miles' his universe. What's it called? Backrub. Really? Yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah. That Ooh, sounds creepy. Indeed. Um, but Peter B. Parker, I believe, is from Earth six one six, which is our universe. I think so. So Peter B. was the chubby second guy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, the burnt out. Of yeah. Peter Parker. Yeah, and again, that, that really lends itself to a great character arc and storyline mm-hmm. because everyone in this movie has stakes. Yeah. You know, it's not just Miles' story. Right. It is his story, but it's also Peter B. Parker's story. Yeah, and I love that they both have so much to learn from each other because Miles is a great reminder to Peter B. Parker of what Spider-Man can and should be, mm-hmm. of what it the beauty of being it and the power of being Spider-Man. And then <laughs> Peter B. Parker, uh, beyond, he just has these very <laughs> straight to the point, you need baby powder in the suit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very straight ahead. Yeah, but he, he does have advice and he is in Miles's corner. Yeah. He's always standing up for him. Um, and they, their relationship grows through the film too. Yeah. It's one of my favorite uh, concepts in a movie is the, it's very satisfying, is the, the mentor student student becomes the master. They yeah. both learn from each other. Mm-hmm. I've always been into movies like that. I have too, and I love um, in that final battle. Miles uses stuff he learned from everybody. So that part where he kind of does this long sequence of jumping through things mm-hmm. and crawling on the wall. And his hands are going, but yeah, I'm doing right a whole thing. She's doing a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, he learned that from the first Peter Parker. Right. Something he picked up there. And um, then, of course, the the leg sweep yeah. he does at the end, Peter B. Parker. That's right. Yeah. What was the line? Uh, Leap of faith. No, well, that line <laughs> is great. But the uh, don't look at the mouth. Wait, what is watch it? Watch the hands. Yeah, watch the hands. <laughs> So great. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great payoffs. There are, It's staggering the number of, like, great little setups and payoffs there are character-wise throughout this movie. Yeah. Um, And there's so much foreshadowing of a lot of them, especially when it comes to the Prowler. Yeah. Um, Having that payoff, and it's so brutal and painful. God, that moment when he has him on the roof Mm -hmm. of the house. Yeah. And he takes his mask off. It's just like... And this is a freaking cartoon. Yeah. And it's just so emotionally strong. Mm-hmm. So great. Yeah. And then he gets shot right afterward. <laughs> I know. And then the dad walks in and yeah. thinks Spider-Man did it. It's just perfect. Yeah. And I've read a lot of um, conversation around how Miles is othered. And you can kind of insert other for a lot of things. But – you know, when he's asking his dad, do you really hate Spider-Man? Right. And then he finds out Prowler is one of Spider-Man's 
arch nemeses. Yeah. Um, and then he doesn't fit in in the Spider-Man group because he's not right. ready. Um, so just having that and and that first scene where he sees the spider suit and it just looms over him. And he's here in his, like, merchandise he purchased. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so cute. Stanley. Yeah. Final voice acting. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Did he voice that? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know if that was him or if they got someone. No, it's him. It's okay. his final voice acting. Uh, not appearance, but I guess, yeah. I wonder if they're going to fake any of that for future animated or, like, Ooh. CGI create him for – Ooh. No, I think that would be a bad idea. <laughs> so like, I hope they don't. But I could see someone see thinking it. that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, maybe visually having representation wouldn't be bad. I would feel weird if there was a voice, though. No, I, I think it would be totally weird. Yeah. But then when he finally becomes Spider-Man and he, he the suit, mm-hmm. his reflection takes it up. And that scene where he jumps off the building, he takes yes. a leap of faith. That scene is called Rise Up from Hamilton because it's purposely shot. So he's rising. Oh. He's falling. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> and then the glass breaks because he's still scared and he's still sticking. Oh, that's right. breaks away. God, it's so great. Yes. Uh, and the payoff with the dad at the end, too, is uh, – I mean, there's so many funny moments from mm-hmm. Miles – Blaming it all on puberty early on was one of my favorite <laughs> bits. Yeah, and then the end when um, when he hugs he <laughs> hugs his dad and he's like, okay, yeah. and then he catches himself and you know, well, I look forward to working with you in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Still don't approve of your method, Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, and he's trying to like disguise his voice. Miles is just so adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, look forward to working with you, and I love you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so perfect. I it love is. It. It's great. Um, I also like how they handled the Gwen Stacy thing because uh, they didn't go into, like, the full-on romance of it all, which right. was nice. Like, yeah. they sort of laid some groundwork and that, that he was clearly, you know, smitten by her. Mm-hmm. But I think they handled it well. It didn't need to go that much into it. I agree. I think it, that would have – Miles' story and him becoming Spider-Man – was big enough. I don't think we needed. Yeah, and Gwen that. didn't need. You know, yeah. that sort of reduces her to this sort of love standard interest. trope of the love interest. Uh, like she had her own powerful storyline, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the writers just did a great job with her story as well. I do too. She was the most. She felt like the most competent spider person. Yeah. In the room, but in a way where she still had vulnerability. Yeah. Um, so that that was refreshing to see. I, I I feel like a lot of times when I see a strong female character, right? They're really one dimensional. Um, but she didn't feel that way at all. She felt fully realized. Um, and I I I could connect with pretty much every character, which is great. Yeah, even <laughs> Spider Ham. Spider Ham. Well, you know, I love bad puns. <laughs> so yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got you. Well, we'll get to Spider Ham in a minute because God, that's just wonderful. Yeah. Um, they have a bunch of great set pieces and action sequences, and I feel like they did them all in their own way. Like they're all distinct from one another. Um, but the, that first big one that you get with that Green Goblin fight mm-hmm. is just like, and you had already like it's already clear this movie is a visual like masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But then that. It's so, like, off-the-rails bonkers, Yeah, that first action set piece, that it's just like, what the fuck am I even watching now? Right. I remember 
that scene very clearly because that's, you know, he's been bitten and he's investigating and you're kind of on edge because it's quiet. Yeah. And then his back is to that, the like, I don't think it's windows, but it's just open space. And you see, look out. Yeah. Uh, the words display Yeah, the way they him. use text in this movie is so cool. So good. And it doesn't start happening until after he's bitten by the spider. Oh, yeah. Um, so that, that was a really visually arresting way to do the spider sense mm-hmm. that he could sense something was wrong. And I remember that moment so clearly because it was another thing of, oh, whoa, this is not like anything else I've seen before. Yeah. And um, I convinced a lot of friends to go who also weren't into Spider-Man and went very begrudgingly. And by that point, they were all in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a movie that you definitely proselytize about. like, And, and I think that's why it did so well. Um, mm-hmm. Because you, this is a movie you leave and you start texting your friends, go see this like yeah. as quickly as possible yeah. in the theater. Right. Yes, before it goes. Um, but that, yeah, that action sequence and the way the camera – follows Miles as he kind of falls and sticks on one thing and then falls. And then seeing Peter Parker just so confidently yeah. do that that little move where he got up to the ceiling. Yeah, and Green Goblin is almost stop motion at times. Yeah. Kind of yeah. herky-jerky. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the way they blended all these animation styles was just it, – it, like on paper, I would have thought like, nah, you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, because they have, once you get introduced to Penny Parker, there's anime on yeah, the same thing. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the black and white with uh, Spider-Man Noir. Um, but they, they do have hand-drawn things as well. So some freeze frames, you'll freeze it, and especially with early Peter Parker, those are hand-drawn. Oh, really? Like the pow or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. People. Yeah, I like when the, the thwack... Yes. Was it Thwip or Thwack? Thwip. Yeah, Thwip <laughs> yeah. when he was teaching him how to do the web yes. swinging. Thwip. Yep, and Bagel, of course, when he throws the bagel. Oh, uh, that's right. I that's right. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so plot-wise, you know, he gets this thumb drive, the goober. Yep. And um, it's a very simple story, you know, as far as that stuff goes. Mm-hmm. Um, like the story is really about the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. But as far as the plotty, plotty stuff, yeah. you know, it's like a thumb drive that will save the world. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and then trying to get all these alternate uh, spider people home. Yeah. Once they introduce the idea of the different um, the different timelines or, or I guess the different verses. Mm-hmm. Verses? Universes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, – I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And I thought they did it really well because I can see how that could have been really confusing both visually and storyline-wise, but it, it really wasn't. And I felt they moved through it quickly. Here's mm-hmm. this. Makes sense. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of all you need to know. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they go to uh, Alchemex, mm-hmm. and this is still early on in Miles's transformation. Yes. Uh, because he can't control his invisibility. Mm-hmm. And that whole scene, stealing the computer... I love that. And the intro- so that's much. when you, you get introduced to Doc Ock. Yes. It's uh that whole sequence is great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. He's carrying the monitor yeah. and the- <laughs> Well, good news, we don't need this. <laughs> yeah, I love that line so much. <laughs> and uh and that leads to the, the the big forest chase, which is one of my other like favorite set pieces in this movie. Yeah, it's really stunning. Um Thwip release. <laughs> release. And that's when the frame rate uh so the two characters are out of frame sync for 
most of that. But then at the end, they become in sync with the frame rate. This means I'm going to have to watch it again. Yeah. Like I'm soon. definitely <laughs> recommending that you watch it again now that you know all of this stuff because you'll pick on, up on so much more. This is a movie I'm going to watch over and over throughout my life. Um, also in that forest scene, what makes the, the payoff so great is that's when we meet uh, Gwen as Spider-Woman. Yes. And that entrance is just so – it's just like spectacular. Yeah, the punk rock music cue yes. when she comes in. And she's just so confident and does it – takes care of the problem very quickly. Oh, done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is a movie I think it's best um, if you don't know much about it almost mm-hmm. because there's so many surprises. Mm-hmm. Um I'm sure if you're a big comic book nerd and you kind of knew all of this stuff and all these characters, it's satisfying as well. But yeah. to not know any of this and to have it unfold, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, there's a Spider-Woman now. This is kind of cool. Yeah. And then when they go to Aunt May's mm-hmm. and take the tour of the, uh, you know, the, the underground lair yeah. <laughs> and she passes out those name tags, you might need these. And mm-hmm. you're like, what? What yeah. is she talking about? And then everybody comes in and it's just overload. <laughs> yes. Like both of us can't stop smiling right now in the room talking about it. Because it cuts to first Nicolas Cage yes. as Spider Noir, like perched on apparently nothing <laughs> yeah. with wind blowing. <laughs> Where's the wind coming from? <laughs> Wherever I go, the wind follows. <laughs> And then when you hear it and realize the realization that that's Nick Cage. Yes. Is, I mean, it's perfect. It was great casting. Oh, my God. It's like, what are they trying to do to an audience? <laughs> like, oh, you thought you were having fun? Yeah. Well, how about 1930s Spider-Man with fucking Nick Cage? <laughs> we're talking about some real hot boys. <laughs> yeah. What's oh. his line about the cube at the end, the Rubik's Cube? Oh, yeah. taking- I don't understand it, <laughs> but I will. <laughs> taking this with me. (laughs) And then Penny Parker, which is so great. Yeah. I love – she just – they feel so genuine. I'm almost shocked that they pulled it off. But that kind of character could have come off very either annoying or Uh just like, look at this anime character. But they used the anime style. She felt really badass just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um a great member to have on the team. Yeah. It was really, like, oh, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I was amazed at how much you care about each of these. Yeah. Like, with so little. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they were so efficient in, in making you care. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the scene where, at the end, where the her robot uh, gets smashed or dies or whatever. Yeah. It's, like, brutal. I know. You know, they originally thought about killing her. And, oh, really? And then they were like, nah, that's going to be too— can't do that. That's going to be too tough. <laughs> I, I, my heart hurt reading that. Yeah. No, I would have no. been so mad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. Uh, and then we get <laughs> Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham. The great John Mulaney. Oh, yes. Who was just cherished. Yes. Anyway, perfect for this. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw an interview with him where he said he didn't know that's what he was auditioning for. And they were just like, be funny. And he was cursing all the time uh-huh. until he finally asked, what's the rating of this movie? Oh, really? <laughs> it's PG. <laughs> so they couldn't use any of it. Now, this is a dumb question. Is Spider-Ham, like, was that a comic character or was this invented for this? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yes. No, Spider-Ham, I believe he has origins all the way back to the 60s, but he's first really? uh, in the 80s, I think. Was when Spider-Man, wow. yeah, Peter Porker and his uncle Frank Furter, yeah. So it had his own run. Oh, sure. And were they jokey, I guess? It was sort of a fun take on it? Yeah, yeah. And there's one of my favorite things about it that they 
uh, pay homage to in the movie is there was sort of a running joke that maybe behind the mask he is Porky Pig. Oh, right. And so at the end when he says, are that's you, all, yeah. folks. Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> Legally? <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's actually the biggest question I've gotten uh, from friends and family who've seen it and who know Andy probably would know about comics. Right. Uh, is Spider-Ham a thing? And I'm like, yep. yep wow. Yep, yep. They're all that. things. Um, I, the three other ones are more recent, I believe. But Spider-Ham is... Goes back. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my favorite parts of that scene when they, well, you know, Miles finds out we finally get like his purpose is revealed that he has to get them back yeah. to their own, you know, universe. Mm-hmm. Um, again, classic hero's journey. But uh, when they're all introducing themselves and like, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Yes. <laughs> and Mulaney goes, can you float through the air when you smell a delicious pie? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It's really good. Um, like, no one else could have played that. Oh. Uh, you know? Yeah. Mulaney's voice is just so spot on. Yes. Very distinctive. That was one of the things I was most excited about even before I I decided I'm probably not going to see this movie, but John Mulaney's in it. Maybe I should. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know if you've seen the short at the end. Um, Post credits? Yeah, the John yeah. Mulaney. Well, there's there's the, like, post credit scene, and then there's, like, a short with John Mulaney. Oh, No. Um, well, it's really silly and just a bunch of puns and him uh-huh. in a battle with Crawl Daddy or whatever. Oh, man, I got to see that. But one of my favorite things about it is he gets pulled out of his timeline, uh-huh. which is the timeline of animation uh-huh. on a computer screen. Oh. Um, so it's like a play on, you know, timeline, timeline. Because then he starts to – you don't really see him get pulled out of his world. It's uh-huh. very short and to the point by the time he tells his story. Or he doesn't really um, – so he gets pulled. He's getting pulled into the other dimension. And he says, "I hope I haven't missed the first sixty-seven minutes," which is when he comes into. The movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I love it. It's so good. Oh, I got to check that out. So that's after everything. Plays. Yeah, but it's not on. If you're watching on Netflix, I don't know that it's on Netflix. It's oh, on DVD. I did watch it on Netflix. Okay, yeah. I might need to buy this on Blu-ray or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the great fight with at Aunt May's. Even yes. Aunt May gets a little, you know, yeah. her moment, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Take it L- outside. The great Lily Tomlin, mm-hmm. national treasure. Yeah. Um, and that that's fight is, like, awesome because it's tough to, you know, they're in a, a pretty confined space. Mm-hmm. And there are – how many people are in there? I think so. There's five, maybe, like, 11. Yeah. That's yeah. really tough to pull that off and make it not be confusing. Yeah. Which they managed to do, I think. Yeah, and that's a really great – emotional roller coaster too because that's when you found out about the prowler and miles right. is still in this very shaken emotional yeah. state and uh having peter b parker just trying to get him out of there yeah and it ends up of course the confrontation between his uncle and himself yeah you really like prowler is such a scary character in this but um their their relationship is so special yeah like you you, you root for aaron yeah. You know, like it's sad when he gets killed. Yeah. Even and, though he's a total bad guy. Right. Like a really bad, bad guy. Yeah. But that that's great story writing as well, the fact that you feel not only for Miles but for Aaron yeah. in that scene, that they were able to pull that off yeah. is really spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of in the, the third act here when everything starts sort of converging toward the end, you get some – 
some really fun roommate stuff. Yeah. At uh, Miles's, <laughs> what is that? Is it a dorm or? Yeah, definitely dorm like. Uh huh. It's uh, when they're all there, and he gets he finally gets they get busted, and yeah. uh, and Spider Ham go goes. Do animals talk in this dimension? Because I don't want to freak him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. As line. if everything wasn't already so freaky. Right. <laughs> so great. And he's reading Spider Man the uh, comic as he looks up. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all you know they're all like basically connected to one another right. on the ceiling. It's such a fun team. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's such a weird mix. Yeah, and they all contribute something so specific. Yeah. Art style, character story-wise, and it it just works, and it's so fun to watch. Can they top this in a sequel? I I don't know. I just hope for, like, as good. Yeah. You know? there's. I mean, there's no way it's a disappointment. Yeah. Um, It'll be hard because— This set the bar so high. It really did. And just the fact that it was so unique and— and daring and fresh, it will be hard to have that same level. Because, I mean, the art is beautiful, and I'm sure if I see it in a sequel, I'm still going to be, Yeah. Oh. But like we were saying, part of part of it was just... That first time. Yeah, just getting your mind blown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember walking out of the theater and just being like, wow. Yeah. It's like just mental stimulus overload mm-hmm. in all the right ways. Yeah. And I, I, too, immediately texted all my friends and said, look, I got to go see this movie again. Will you please go with me? <laughs> <laughs> you want to share it with people. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things. Yeah. And just talk about it at length. That's right. Afterwards. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to be a fly on the wall in a therapist's office and get a behind-the-scenes look at what they're really thinking? I'm Lori Gottlieb. I'm a psychotherapist, and I write the Dear Therapist Advice column for The Atlantic. Hey, I'm Guy Winch. I'm a psychologist, and I write the Dear Guy advice column for TED. And we're the hosts of a new show on the iHeartRadio podcast network called Dear Therapists. Think of it as an advice column in the form of a podcast, except we talk to you. But it doesn't stop there. One of the most frustrating things for us as advice columnists is that no one gets to hear what happened and how things turned out. But on our show, you will. We ask listeners to test drive our advice and come back on to give us an update. So if you'd like to talk with us about a problem, big or small, send us an email at advice at iheartmedia.com. We can't wait to get you on our couch. Guy, they'll be calling in. Yeah, but they could be sitting on a couch. Miles Wants Revenge, uh, another sort of classic hero's journey type thing. Mm -hmm. And he thinks he's ready, um, but, you know, you got to... You got to have that final obstacle, yeah. Which is Peter basically saying like you're not ready, yeah, and tying him up mm-hmm. uh, with the thing, and like you, you, he's so protective of Miles. Mm-hmm. It's such a sweet relationship, yeah. But um, y- you know he, it's so sad. That's what makes it so satisfying when he busts out of there, right? Yeah, because Peter B. Parker genuinely cares about Miles. And he had been his biggest supporter through mm-hmm. everything. Like, he can do it. Not a command. He can do it. Right. Uh, but he finally realizes he's going to get himself killed if I don't stop this. So yeah. it, it's a really caring moment for him. And for him to know this means I probably will die. Yeah. Um, I won't go back to my universe. And that probably is the end for me. Um, makes it also really powerful, powerful moment. Yeah. And everyone – I love how everyone is uh... – Everyone wants to do it. Yeah. You know, there's that one scene where they're like, well, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. But Miles is the only one who can do it. Yeah. 
Um, and it kind of reminded me of the uh, Hawkeye. Uh, you've seen the uh, obviously the latest uh, Endgame, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. The the moment with Hawkeye and um, Black Widow. Yeah. When they're battling to like sacrifice themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just such a hero trait. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I, I'm going to throw myself on the grenade. They all raise their <laughs> hands so excitedly, and Miles is. Miles spends most of this movie trying to not be Spider-Man. Yeah. Which is another thing that makes it so satisfying. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the character arcs for all these characters are so great. Mm-hmm. You know, even the uh, they introduce, what do you say, at the 67-minute mark, Yeah, <laughs> the rest of the crew, and they all have satisfying arcs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's really pretty remarkable storytelling. It is. Um, and one of the things, going back to... That criticism I heard of if you don't know much about Spider-Man, how this movie's not going to make any sense to you. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can relate to these characters even if you don't haven't read their yeah. backs where they're all of the comic books behind them. Yeah. There are certain things that we can just connect to. And I don't need to know that you were bitten by a radioactive pig or whatever. Right. <laughs> I can just... You are a good, a well-written character. Uh-huh. I can relate to that. Yeah. And the fact that they were able to do it with so many characters in such little time. Mm-hmm. It's um, very impressive. It is. I mean, these are classic themes. Um, Peter B., you know, let's talk about the, the charity dinner scene. Yeah. When he, when he c- confronts MJ. Yep. Oh, it's just brutal. It is. It's so... I love that scene because it's awkward and weird, mm-hmm. but you want him to get some closure, but you know he can't yeah. because this isn't the right MJ. Right. And just to see it play out in this awkward, weird way yeah. where you feel sadness for him, but also it's silly. Yeah. He's going to bring her more bread. Right. Get you all the <laughs> bread that you need. <laughs> yeah. Um, But that's a great way without going back to his universe because we don't get to see many of these characters for too long in their home universes after they've gone through this journey. That's a great way to show he has overcome some of the things that have been holding him back. Yeah. Uh, And he does want to get back with MJ or maybe he does want to have children. Right. Um, So I thought that was a good way of giving him a satisfying story as well. Yeah. yeah, and he does at the end. They he it shows him going back, right? Right. Yep. He rings the doorbell. He's too lazy to go ring it, so he just shoots oh, the whistle. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that moment. Too. <laughs> yeah. so got kind of pooches out. <laughs> There's so many great little moments like that. Yeah. Um, then we have our final battle, which is just epic. Um, each each one of these characters has their own. They have their own distinct, like, place and purpose and personality, mm-hmm. uh, and you care about them all so much. Like, th- the final battle is just so, like, perfectly timed out. Yeah. It's like a Swiss clock. Yeah. How they how they play this thing out. Mm-hmm. And um, it's truly devastating when mm-hmm. they're getting sit back. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Oh, the gang's God. getting broken up. I know. You want to see, like, you want the gang to be together. <laughs> yes. But it's one of those movie things where, like, you know you can't. Right. You know as an audience member end, it yeah. has to end. Mm-hmm. And I love the, the fun team-ups they do, the different matchups. Yeah. So when Penny Parker is kind of getting beat up by Scorpion and uh, Spider-Ham comes in. Uh-huh. You've got a problem with funny <laughs> cartoons and just whammo, whammo, whammo. Um, and then Spider-Man Noir comes in. Just all these different animation styles together that shouldn't work but somehow do. Yeah. It's it was awesome. ballsy to 
think that they could pull this off? Yeah, um, the frame rate thing for sure, because people are pretty sensitive to frame rates, as uh-huh. you might remember around The Hobbit, like that yeah. being a big discussion point. Sure. Um, so to go to a studio and say, we're going to try this frame rate thing yeah. and seven different animation styles, it's going to take forever. Right. Uh, we're going to break everything you have. Does that sound good? <laughs> yeah. Also, we're going to go with this unknown Spider-Man character. Yeah. Which in, this, in the comic world, people know about him, but like general populace, not so much. So I, I didn't know, you know. Yeah. That's quite uh, stunning that it got made in some ways. Yeah. And that it worked as well as it did. Yeah. And was just a smash hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, very satisfying to see a movie like this win Oscars and, you know, break open the box office. Yeah, get the recognition. Um, I am interested to see, because, you know, we we vote with our dollars in some ways, if, if this will lead to more movies like this, if its success will. Yeah, like, what do you mean? Just, Just crazy uh, animated styles? or Yeah, not trying so much to be... Hyper realistic, or right, but more of this is a art or a not a cartoon, but something uh-huh. in between CGI and cartoon. Yeah, um, or creating because they, they really created their own thing. Yeah, and just, so original. Yeah, more original ideas like that. Yeah, I would love to see that. I would too. Um, you know this this has such a great satisfying ending. Yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about the the scene with his father. Oh, but uh. Just so great, but that that very end, um, anyone can wear the mask. Yeah, such a great line. You could wear the mask. Yeah, if you didn't know that before, I hope you do now. Like, yeah. rarely can you at the end of the movie say like, "Here's what it was all about," and we're just gonna say it and, yeah. and not have it be like corny or whatever. Right. Yeah. It was so great. It's like just I get choked up even thinking about it. Yeah, and um. He's just that character is on the beginning of his journey, and it feels so fresh and new. And to hear this enthusiasm for yeah. it, as I feel like I could connect with both the old, burnt out, washed up kind of cynicism, mm-hmm. and then this young, fresh, perhaps naive yeah. viewpoint. And it it was really beautifully moving. Yeah. Um. And that Stanley, that was his biggest message: was anyone can wear the mask. This could be yeah. you. So to be able to do that, get to that core message of what he really tried to communicate with a lot of his work, mm-hmm. to have that be the ending line and have it work and not be corny. Right. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and it's hard to s- not just sit there and think like he's talking to the little mixed race kid mm-hmm. in the audience. Yeah, anyone who feels outcast, who yeah. hasn't seen themselves in this superhero, who never thought they could be yeah. a superhero, this is my message to you. Yeah, and and not, you know, obviously the mixed race kid is is directly on the nose, but yeah. like you said, I think this movie represents a lot of people. Yeah. Sort of the underrepresented in general mm-hmm. through the lens of this kid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with a Puerto Rican mom and a, and a black dad. Mm-hmm. Um, just so, like... Again, that matters so much, and to be able to state it that plainly mm-hmm. and uh, in, with with such impact is like the perfect way to end this film. Yeah, that like that is the point. Yeah, if you didn't know that before, I hope you do now. Yeah, it's like that's what we were just trying to do here for two hours, everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's so good. It, <laughs> it's that's, great. I'm really sensitive to um, writers. 
if I if I can get any inkling that you're trying to manipulate me emotionally, which yeah. you are, uh-huh. but if I can sense that you're doing it without earning it, yeah, yeah, I'm out. I'm with you. But if it feels genuine and like you've done the work, you've earned it. They earned every bit of it. Oh, they did. Yeah. Such a wonderful film. It is. I also, can't wait to see it again already. You should because it's a holiday movie. Uh, they made it? it. Yes. There is a holiday <laughs> CD you can buy or, and or listen to ah. that they use the actual actors uh-huh. recorded. So uh, let's see. There's songs like Spidey, It's Cold Outside, <laughs> Swinging Around the Mistletoe, Silent Night, You're Welcome, Joy to the World That I Just Saved. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Silent Night, You're Welcome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that reminds me of another one of the great jokes in the movie, uh, Smaller Moments, when Miles uh, lands on the New York streets. And he's getting walked over, and he is like, could you just walk around me maybe? He goes, <laughs> oh, okay, thanks, New York. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's a Stan Lee cameo. Stan Lee steps over him. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he's in the movie several times, actually. If you – like any train, if you pause, Stan Lee is Really? In. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Yeah. You know, you got all those Easter eggs, huh? Uh, well, no, apparently not all of them, but a lot <laughs> of them. I like how he gets hit by a drone at the end. That feels pretty yeah. appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> What's this book you have here? So I am a huge nerd, and clearly I love this movie. So I bought this book, The Art of the Movie, Spider-Man oh, wow. into the Spider-Verse. And you can literally flip to pretty much any page, and it's just a freeze frame of, like, how they did it. That is very cool. It's like coffee table size. Yeah. Oh, my God. It is so good. Man, I'm going to have to buy that. Yeah. That's killer. Yeah. I definitely want to get some art from this movie for my apartment. Yeah, that'd be cool. Some, like, nice high-quality yeah. Printing or something. Yeah. And they did combine so much art, like the art styles, um, pop art, street art, and cubism, which is really interesting because cubis- cubism is like looking at a bunch of things from different viewpoints and uh-huh. c- combining them together. So it makes sense that when the interdimensional dimensional glitching or shifts happen, right. it's cubist because they're seeing it from yeah. all. Yeah. All that stuff was so cool. Yeah. Oh, gosh. God, it's so good. <laughs> Annie, we could talk about this movie for eight hours. I know. Um, can you? Will you come on again and do another movie? I would love to. Will you be part of the 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 gang here? I've always I've been waiting for you to ask, Chuck. <laughs> we oh, can sure. have our Spider Gang <laughs> movie crush. Gang. Yes, awesome. <laughs> we'll think about what you want to do next, and we'll just put you in the rotation. The rotation, love it. Awesome. Thanks, Annie. Thank you so much. Movie Crush is produced, edited, and engineered by Ramsey Yunt here in our home studio at Pont City Market, Atlanta, Georgia, for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Disgraceland, a music and true crime podcast about musicians getting away with murder and behaving very badly, hosted by me, Jake Brennan, is back with Season 5. And you're not going to want to miss new episodes on Guns N' Roses, Jay-Z, Prince, Ozzy Osbourne, Nipsey Hussle, Run DMC, Selena, The Rolling Stones, and more. You can listen to Disgraceland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rockerola. The entire first season of This Time Tomorrow is available now to binge from start to finish. In this new iHeart series presented by T-Mobile for Business, join me, Osvaloshin, and Kara Price as we explore the exciting possibilities of the next generation of connectivity. From smart cities to future farms, you'll find out just how much could change with future 5G networks. 
Listen to This Time Tomorrow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.